No, no. Hey. No, 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 no. No, nope, no, no. Thank you, sir. All right, okay. They're all. <laughs> hey, you gotta do this yelling at you. Here. You're listening to the dollop. It's a bi-weekly American history podcast where once a week, I, pizza eater, San Francisco Giants fan, and Labradoodle, Daddy Dave Anthony reads a story from American history to his mate. What? Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. Hello, mate. Not your mate. No. Hello, mate. November 14th, 1933. (laughs) Baby Green was born to John and I... Baby Green? Baby Green. Baby Green. Baby Green was born to John and Irene Green. Irene Green? Irene Green. <laughs> okay. Coming in Baby hot. Green was born to Irene Green? Yep. And Jean the Mean Machine Green. That's right. It's going to be a lot of rhyming. Uh, the Greens married just five days before the birth. Okay. And, well, I think we all know what that means. He didn't want to. <laughs> no. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Oh, never mind. After the birth, Irene's vital signs dipped to scary levels. Oh boy. She was taken into intensive care. Uh, they didn't have time to name the baby. Three days later, she died of an enlarged heart. Gets all the sweeties. Got big. Yeah. And so the baby was just, they were like, baby green. Right. So right. it's named baby green. And, then after and what the, about the father? Well, after the funeral, John Green finally named the baby Daniel after his grandfather. Okay. Okay. Not sure what's happening here, but okay. So John was having a hard time. He started drinking a lot. Okay. Uh, he hard. had an enlarged liver that he was also yes. dealing with. He was like, yeah, damn it, we just can't get regular-sized organs. He wanted his, his liver to go up, up into heaven with I his I want wife. my liver to pop like our heart. Come on, Morgan! He lost his job as a traveling salesman for the Fuller Brush Company for drinking. (laughs) Dave, this is, yeah, for the time, I imagine, quite depressing. (laughs) Traveling brush salesman loses wife to drinking. You're like, what do I have? Don't come in here, son. Daddy's weeping over his brushes again. (laughs) I love you, boy. Feel my liver. Is it moving? (laughs) I think it whispered, kill me the other night. He couldn't take care of his son, so he placed Danny, at age of six, in the Palmdale Catholic Orphanage. Oh, God. That's <laughs> one of the best ages to give up a kid. Yeah, six. And one of the best people to put the future of your children in the hands of, for Catholics? sure. Catholics? Absolutely. They're great with children. Yeah, no. Honor system's been working just fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They've, the Catholics have 
have the best orphanages, particularly in Ireland. They do a really nice job there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Danny went back to live with his dad after his dad got remarried. Okay. Um, so he, he got his life together. How long is he in the orphanage? I couldn't find that, but not okay. long. Not okay. Long. Uh, he did not get along with his, his new stepmother and ran away several times. Okay. Not, it wasn't, I mean, once he was found on her neighbor's porch, so it wasn't like... Oh, it's like the runaways that I used to pull off. Yeah, the one where yeah. you're just like, goodbye forever, lady. And then you're like, I'm in the tree. Why doesn't she give a fuck? I mean, this is, yeah. this is insane. She's literally making tea in there. This asshole. I said goodbye forever, and she's fucking having scones. You know, I have half a mind to move back in just to give her a piece of my half mind. Hey, lady. Moved on pretty fast, didn't you? I can see you. Oh. Well, this time I've gone for real. Under the neighbor's porch. Is she fucking watching TV? Hello. Oh, she sees me still. Hello, little governor. Oh, God damn it. Hi, Hello. Yeah, that's what it would have been. Hello, Coffee. <laughs> I saw you under there, Coffee. So Dad couldn't take it anymore, and he sent Danny to live with his grandfather. Jesus, okay. Uh, they lived in a small house in the heart of Collinwood. In the heart, okay. <laughs> Are you sure. from Collinwood? What's yeah. it called? <laughs> you know... No, I think, I think nothing's changed. I'm gathering that nobody wants to be from there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a gritty industrial, or it was. Now I imagine it's just all empty Pink factories. berries. Are, do, are do factories, are there still jobs there? No. It's gentrified, is it really? Yes! <laughs> Fuck the poor! Now it's now it's now I have a different picture in my mind. Now I picture like a factory's been turned into a brewery, and there's a lot of beards and mustaches. Okay, no, still All still right. getting pushback. They're like, no, Dave, your second vision also wrong. <laughs> All right, so I don't give a shit anymore. But okay. uh, that's what back. we say about Dave. He'll give you two visions. That's it. Out. Two and he's out. So back in the day, it was a gritty industrial Irish neighborhood. Okay. Uh, in the 1940s, Collinwood became one of the most heavily industrialized areas in the entire nation. Children played near the railroad yards or the many factories spewing pollution. So you're getting a very beautiful picture. Sure, yeah, it's gorgeous. Uh, his grandfather worked nights uh, and, and then slept all day, so Danny was pretty much unsupervised. Jesus. It's just not Which a good... Which is the best uh, thing for an abandoned no, child. No, 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 That's the best thing for a child who's no. lost his mom. no. Who basically it isn't. The, the child is like he died. She no. died because of me. No. And then on top of that, the dad was like, "I like booze better than you." And no. then it's not then, a good thing. Yeah. No. It's the best. Yeah. You know, um, it's shitty when you're like, "I miss the Catholics." <laughs> At least they paid me some attention in the wrong ways. Uh, Doing so, confession as a kid, you're like, which one's in there? Because I don't want to blow up his spot. Oh, it's you. Oh, uh, nothing then. Ugh. First I confess to you, then you confess to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be a while, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> he went to Catholic school, uh, 
rarely did his schoolwork, always got into trouble. Uh, right. That's when he bothered to go to school. He's not well cared for. Uh, cared for. A friend said he was always dirty. Interesting. That's a good thing. That's what you definitely want to be on a list of things people recollect about you. Yeah. A filthy boy. Oh, he's disgusting. Dirty child. The one with flies around him. He liked pranks, uh, but the line between cruelty and funny was often blurred. Well, as is to be part of the thing with pranks sometimes. Yeah. Uh, he was in the Boy Scouts for a total of three weeks, but was kicked out for giving the Scoutmaster a hot foot. A hot foot? Yeah. It's when you, you know, set like a... Oh, you light his... Yeah, you matches. Light his, and, right, okay, when you light his shoe on fire. So I, was, I was in the Boy Scouts for, I think, a month, and then I beat up the dead mother's son, so... For a merit uh, badge. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. that one. It's this yeah. one. Danny wasn't afraid to fight, which he had to do a lot. In Collinwood, Irish kids were targeted by Italian and Slovenian boys. Jesus. Those fucking Slovenians, you know what I'm saying? Slippery Slovaks, that's what we call them. Uh, In the high school, he excelled at baseball and basketball, so the nuns and priests gave him leeway. Okay. They also seemed to like him. He ended up uh, going to three different high schools and was expelled from all of them. Wait, what do you mean they seemed to like him, though? They liked him, but he kept getting expelled? I, I think he's very charismatic, so they liked him, but he was also... Right. <laughs> like, this isn't easy for us, but you, another one of your pranks crossed the line. Okay, two people have, have drowned. So that is not... That's where we're saying, you know, that's not it. funny anymore. I get it. Like, it was a funny idea. But God, it's killing us, because you are an angel. And You're that's right. coming from me, who talks to God, you know, and... Uh, God, you are an angel, but we have, this is, we have to bid you adieu again yeah. because two lives have um, been taken by your, your tomfoolery. Snuffed out. Yeah. Sent to heaven, so that's a plus. I, 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 believe me, that you, it's like you're quoting me when I talked to the superintendent. I said, you know, I would love to go up there, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, why don't you bring it in one last time? Let's have a slow, long one. Come on. Come on. Uh, <laughs> so the last time he was kicked out of high school, he was a senior, he was 18, so he just joined the Marines. Okay. That's what you do. Sure. Uh, oddly, discipline was a problem in the Marines. Really? For him? But yeah. his background. I know. But he had a lot of talent uh, as a boxer and was a very gifted shooter. Okay. The gold gun. Sure. So eventually became a vi- firearms instructor in okay. the. Uh, sure. So he's good with a weapon. Great. He served three years, and in 1953 he was promoted to corporal and then honorably discharged. Okay. Then he went back to Cleveland and worked at the rail yard. There he met June Tears. June Tears? Baby yeah. Green met June Tears? Well, his name's Danny now. Yeah, um, I know, but he'll always be Baby Green to me, David. Um, they quickly married and divorced in two and a half years. Oh, so she's gone. what a fun run. He then married Nancy Helger. I'm sorry, where is he going to? Here at Funny Names, we'll match you with anyone. <laughs> Funny Names matchmakers. Get over it. What was her name? Nancy Helger. Nancy, okay. So they married a month later after the first divorce. Sure, right. It was actually a little bit less than a month. It was like 28 days. Oh, well, that's plenty of time. They say it takes two and a half weeks to get over a divorce. That's right. 
1957, he started working on the docks as a longshoreman. Okay. So he's got that going. Sure. Cleveland's waterfront was booming. I assume it still is. Great waterfront. <laughs> mm-hmm. Tremendous waterfront. Yeah. Lots of water. Tremendous. Yeah. Yeah. Danny was a, a lazy worker. He was, okay. Uh, he once got fired for sleeping on duty in a ship's hold. <laughs> We've all been there, Dave, <laughs> after a couple of drinks. Um, okay, so he fell asleep in a ship hole? Yeah. Does, is that hard to do? That feels almost sort of I feel like. like you would foppish. get in there, you'd be like, oh, it's rocking a little bit. I'm tired. Yeah. I'm super hungover. Oh, look, there's some grain. And then you're out. Right. Okay. All right. If you say so. That's how I picture it. No, you're the doctor. I'm listening. Uh, he was very popular with his fellow uh, dock workers. He had a very charismatic personality and was fearless. He, rubbed, he liked to rub suntan lotion on uh, his chest and face mm. before going out into the sun on the docks. All right, all right. And one day, another longshoreman made fun of Danny as he was putting on the lotion, so Danny knocked him out with one punch. So he gets all lotioned up and he's fighting out there? Yeah. Guarantee there's a couple guys who are like, mm, don't stop him. Mm. <laughs> The local International Longshoremen Association Union was taking off As imports flooded in More and more men were being hired In 1961, Danny ran for And was easily elected president Of the ILA Local 1317 It just doesn't feel like He's ready for this position At no point We haven't had this growth spurt of attitude yet Where all of a sudden I'm like Oh, this moment will change him He's still just suntanning up and beating the fuck out of people. And now they're like, you run the shit now. Um, I don't think he's over June. He's not going to... Can I be honest? I just don't think he's gotten think, over June. I think this is all about her. I think you're going to find in this story that Danny doesn't have a big turn as much as Danny tries to bend the will of the world to him. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Sort of, uh, right. Um... So he's president of Local 1317. Where are my 1317s at? Yeah. Uh, there's the four women up there. None of right you there, are the longshoremen. A year later, he was elected district vice president of the Great Lakes office of the ILA. So he's fucking killing it. For sure. He was also super into being Irish. Oh, no. That's not a great quality, no, as we found good. out from our actual personal experience. It's not good. Those who are passionate about Irish don't like a joke. Yeah. Boy, do they not. Yeah. Uh, Are you saying I fucking talk funny? He decided to turn the uh, union office into a presentable front for uh, for union-related business. He's going to try and fix it up a little bit, right? Uh, Wait, what do you mean? That sounds shady. We bring in guys to have meetings and stuff. You want to have a nice office. Okay, but okay, this yeah. is clearly shady. So he painted the interior walls green. Oh no, he's that guy. Oh no. He had a green desk. Jesus, that was like not easy to find. He used green pens. He had the he's union. He's like the Riddler. He had the union. <laughs> he had the union bylaws reprinted in green ink. And At he that bought time, what? And he bought a green Cadillac. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Dave, what? 
guys, we get it. You're Irish. Guys who worked in the office had to wear green jackets. Like they just won the Masters. <laughs> a whole bunch of people walking around the green office. When the second you get hired, oh yeah, and we'll get you the green jacket. Oh, the other thing, uh, don't ever talk about the Irish in a disparaging fashion. Uh, this is all a testament to it. He likes to feel like he lives in a clover. He's very serious about being Irish. Well, we've got to start pissing green. Sure, sir, absolutely. We will figure out a way to get that done. Absolutely. Danny started hosting parties after Cleveland Browns games. But he was just like, you mean the Cleveland Greens? <laughs> the parties became a thing, and soon local bigwigs were coming. Bigwigs, eh? Judges, mm. cops, mobsters, councilmen. Judges? Okay. Uh, all right, yeah. That's <laughs> just some weird party judge. <laughs> and Danny wasn't shy about talking to the press. He told the reporter, quote, before I got here, Union headquarters was a packing crate and a light bulb on a cord. Boom. Was a packing crate with a light bulb on corn? On a cord. On a cord, okay. On corn. No, well, either one's shitty. Corn is yeah. weirder, for Corn's sure. Corn's not. It's like a weirder angle, absolutely. Okay, so the press is interested in him because he's just a bit of a party animal. Yeah. Right, okay. Uh, he's, he was a very tough advocate for his men and was always going to war with the stevedoring companies. Okay. The companies wanted to pick who worked loading and unloading ships. Okay. Uh, Danny fought them on that. To enforce his will, he formed an inner circle of ex-boxers and gangsters who threatened or beat up opponents like stevedoring company management, business agents, or even fellow dock workers. So, yeah, okay. Pretty obvious what's going on. What? Nothing. Yeah. It's just a guy doing business. Stacking the deck. One of Danny's henchmen, quote, if someone complained, they'd get a beating. If Does this someone... henchman know the first code of being a henchman? <laughs> Just shut the fuck up. Yeah, we do whatever and we kick everyone's ass because he's the best. We love green. No, dumbass. If someone went to the police, they'd get a beating. <laughs> okay, I'm noticing a pattern. Even if one of them just said something bad about Danny, he'd get a beating. Danny named his enforcers the Grievance Committee. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> I haven't watched a lot of wrestling, but there is no doubt the Grievance Committee could be entering the ring before Danny. <laughs> and here we are tonight, the Grievance Committee coming out. They're taking no nonsense. You know how the Grievance Committee works. As Danny's coming out, and he's getting a hot dog thrown at him. Grievance Committee taking care of this guy, showing him a thing or two, giving him the what's what, pulling the ropes apart. Grievance Committee. Danny walks in. Hi. Hi. <laughs> and uh, today, Danny will be fighting Awkward Jay. Um, <laughs> Awkward Jay weighing in at 109 pounds. Hey. Works at a blockbuster. Hi. Yeah, his thing is just saying hello a few different ways. All right. Hey. Okay, not sure if this guy knows what's going on. He is about to enter a wrestling match, and he's just really kind of being sweet about it. Ref comes out, makes sure both fighters understand. One of them clearly doesn't, and that's the bell, and it's off. 
Hey. And Jay still just saying, hey. Danny, not sure what to do. The grievance committee freaking out in the corner. They're looking to tap someone in here, get figure this situation out. This guy is just a little too earnest. Okay, bye. I don't think he understands what rounds are or wrestling. He's actually exiting the ring. Grievance committee filling out paperwork at a furious rate. Oh, no, they're bringing in the notary. The notary's here. The notary's overlooking the grievance committee's paperwork. He's signing off. The grievance committee have official, official claims. Boy, gang, I'll tell you what, there's not a lot of blood on the mat, but it's really fun to see how the sausage gets made. That's, that's what it's actually like. <laughs> so now, there were lots of assaults being done around Cleveland by longshoremen. Sure. Uh, which the grievance being, committee. Being reported to police. Uh, and policeman Ed Kovacic was a police supervisor at the time. He was one of the cops uh, who went down to talk to Danny about all these longshoremen assaults. Okay, right. Sure. Um, quote, we weren't prepared for what we ran into. <laughs> uh, they're waiting there, and the car pulls up, and it's... Uh, yeah. Danny's being chauffeured around by two longshoremen. One opened the car door, and Danny got out wearing a men's white fur coat that was belted at the waist. <laughs> So he's Conor McGregor at this point. <laughs> and he's getting out of the green machine, I'm assuming, right? I mean, Has yeah. to be. Yeah, Has to be. The, definitely get out of the green machine. Yeah, if you get that, you swing it around. But, I mean, how badass are you with the white fur coat belted at the waist? Dave, like, I think there is a fine line, and some can put, like, think of Namath, you know? Yeah, Or again, right. like, Yeah, there are a few people who, when they do it, you're like, okay, yeah, yeah. He's dangerous. He'll wear fur in public. So, yeah, he's ready. Belted fur. Belted fur. The okay. belt belt. So, so, they all went in the union office. Quote, we walked into a sea of green. The desk was green. The walls were green. He was hey, dressed Hey, guys, will you put these green bags on your head? <laughs> with the grievance committee. The cop asked Danny for help with the assaults, but he just started bitching about the Italians. Interesting. Interesting retort. And, quote, used every ethnic slur I could imagine. Danny still hated the Italians from his childhood. <laughs> okay. Being a... So he just basically didn't do anything about... It. Right, yeah. No, yeah, they why would No, yeah, it's like trying to talk to the president. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I mean Obama. Sorry. Be clear. <laughs> Boo. Being a union official brought Danny to new levels of power in Cleveland's world of politics, labor, and crime. Uh, he hung out with uh, well-known underworld uh, at uh, well-known underworld night spots on underworld sh- night spots like vampire hangouts. Yep. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, this is uh, sort of like the beginning of Blade. Vampire. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, so he's vampire. at some sort of EDM sort of vampire club yeah. Yeah. where there's shapeshifters, yeah. lizard people, That's right. vampires, That's right. wolves, That's were right. types. Yeah, That's okay, right. gotcha. Okay, so he's hanging out at that mm-hmm. October 31st bar. Um, yeah, right. and this is where he became a werewolf. Oh, oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, 
so he'd hang out at these places, and he's meeting gangsters. This is where he met Alex Shonder Burns. He met him at the Theatrical Bar and Grill. The Theatrical Bar and Grill? I don't know. <laughs> it feels like, okay. It feels a little, okay. Uh, Shonder, uh, Shonder Burns was a Jewish gangster who had been around since the days of Prohibition. He had also been in an orphanage as a child. That was after his mother died when uh, the still they had in their apartment exploded. <laughs> Jesus. That'll happen. Uh, Mine's heart popped, but that's a crazy story. Uh, Burns has started as a newsie and had worked all way all the way up to having a thriving loan sharking and numbers operation. Oh, that's nice. It's yeah. nice to see you rise out of the newsie ranks. American success story. Yeah, loan sharking. Uh, so Danny kept a pistol in his desk, and we used the union. A office. green one, right? Yep. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> And at night, he would use the union office uh, for uh, practice target shooting. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what? <laughs> baby green? No! Bad baby green. It was during this period that Danny became an FBI informant. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Danny saw it more as what the FBI could do for him than what information he could give the FBI. Interesting. That's an interesting yeah. way of looking at it. Um, so he just kept at it. He would declare work stoppages to show companies who controlled the docks. And then the rank and file became openly hostile toward the companies. Things would often get violent, and Danny's men would shoot out lights in a warehouse or smash windows. Jesus. One time, gum sh- gunshots... Caused a German freighter to turn around and leave before it was unloaded. Oh my God! Oh man! What year is this? This is like late sixties. Okay, yeah. All right. It's after the Germans are like, we don't do that anymore. Run! No! 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 We no. switch decades. No! Retreat. Yeah. It's early sixties. All right. So. Uh, Another time, Danny threatened to murder the children of a company owner, so the FBI had to put the man's house and family under protection. Is the FBI still working with him? Uh, yeah. They're like, uh, look, Danny, come on. <laughs> That's what I do. You guys knew it when you got into business with me. It's my thing. Look, we're sick of going to the grievance committee. We don't feel like they're sending you our grievances. <laughs> they're not writing a lot of it down. One of them tried to smash a chair over Ed. Fuck Ed. Yeah. Danny's ILA salary was only $6,000 a year. Uh-huh, sure. But he was living quite the life. Weird, because on 6000 a year, one would think that that wouldn't be easy. Nope. Okay. Uh, he loves green. <laughs> he's throwing down money at clubs, driving his green Cadillac around, had plenty left over for his wife and two daughters, as well as a mistress on the side. Wow. His lifestyle was not Cleveland-esque. Okay. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. You guys want to get into this now? (laughs) Danny increased dues 25%. Oh, good. May workers put in overtime hours on a grain ship. Can you imagine someone getting away with that now? (laughs) Telling them money was going to build a new fund, so he has them working overtime hours on this ship, and then all the money... 
from that, they're not getting. It's going to a uh, fund to build a new building for the a fund union. to build a new building for the office, a new office building, a new o- for his new office building for the union for the union. Yeah, right. Um, turns out Danny was just taking that. That's weird. Yeah, baby Danny, baby Green. Yep, little baby Green, little baby Green. Man, workers who wouldn't work on the grain ship were fired. Uh, more than fifty. Danny told other members those guys were quote winos and bums. All right. I didn't realize that. So, yeah, that's good. One worker had been off the job for a year because he lost a leg. That's a very Look, fair reason. The, dock, the dock's a hard place. Yeah. Just like, go ahead, and that'll come right you off. Take, yeah, you're allowed to take a year. Yeah. Maybe longer. Maybe more. Yeah, maybe forever. When he came back, he was amazed at the brazenness of Danny's scam. He was also married to a Plains dealer newspaper Reporter. Okay. Plain dealer? All right, well, fuck. What are you going to do? It's a thing. So everybody settle down. It says, okay? it Let's says all cool out. here, so that's what we're calling it. Uh, what do you, what do you, what's your objection, sir? I don't feel like that was the same this person guy. who had a complaint, but it will take it. What? That's the man what who happened? thinks that the iPad's haunted. What happened there was a hero rose up. Nah, it's already in the iPad. That guy. That guy. <laughs> One rose to the occasion. No, it doesn't matter. It's already in the iPad. (laughs) The one they'd waited for. No. iPad. (laughs) Don't do this. Never forget you. <laughs> so the paper started looking into this story. The paper. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Uh, and then they dropped the story, and an FBI investigation was begun. Okay. They came in, they took records uh, from the union office. Hey, those are the Rolling Stones albums. We're taking these. And they discovered that the union office had been bugged during the remodel. So all that time, he was bugging his own guys. <laughs> so he could learn everything that was going on. Okay. <laughs> so, how do you, so if you're him, you've got to pretend like you have no idea, right? What? We're bugged. Oh my God! They heard everything. Look at my face. Especially what Al said. Look at my face. Yeah. (laughs) Sons of bitches. In this day and age, you'd think I'd have noticed too, because I was shooting holes in the walls the whole time. (laughs) Such an invasion, you know. The day the bugs were found, someone drove by Danny's house and uh, fired shots into the wall. Okay. Danny wasn't home at the time. His wife and kids were. Uh, a reporter came by and asked Nancy uh, where Danny was and what he was doing, and Nancy said, quote, his Irish is up. (laughs) 
Oh, what a great way to describe it. <laughs> you know what it means. Yeah, yeah uh, just leave it, leave it alone. Yeah. Yep. Okay, Where is he? His Irish is up. Oh, God. All right, well, let me know when he goes back down to regular levels. That's, that's it from Danny Green's house. His Irish is up. Back to you, Bob. <laughs> Danny resigned from his positions in the union and was indicted for embezzling $35,000 and falsifying records. In 1966, he was convicted and sentenced to five years. Okay, here's where, yep, here, exactly. But he served an hour. Yeah. But the sentence was suspended because it was his first offense. What, in what fucking world? Man, at what point? We just need a clear judicial system. Like, just clear He's, fucking. What happens? What happens if you do the thing? Not what kind of mood is the judge in? Well, but I also do like that green car, so Jenny, you're free to go. You could. Next up, non white guy. Mmm. You, you, you could do a dollop just on the FBI. And every single time it would be, and then the FBI got involved and everything got all fucked up. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty consistent that they do this kind of shit and then go after people who haven't done anything. So, so you're saying the that left. for uh, the general state of affairs of today, we should all feel really good. <laughs> there's a Japanese movie, I can't remember the name of it, but there's a scene where there's a bunch of guys fighting uh, from two different sides, and someone says, what should we do? And the guy says, let them fight. FBI, Trump, let them fight. <laughs> We're not on either side. Yeah. They're all bad. Rooting for injuries. Uh, Who do you want to win? I just want a lot of guys to get banged up. <laughs> uh, so, uh, right. So then the sentence is suspended because it's first offense, then the Court of Appeals overturns the uh, verdict on a technicality. Here we so go. So they, they, they can go back to trial, but he ends up pleading guilty to misdemeanor charges of falsifying union records. He got a fine and was barred from working in labor business for five years. <laughs> well, quite a fucking turnaround. I yep, mean, 35 grand. That's especially pretty... if the way that he's working in the labor business doesn't seem to, doesn't seem to actually need him to be employed by labor. Oh. I mean, he's corrupt. He just needs a front. Here we go. The grievance committee's like, we're sure going to miss you, boss. What you we'll say, wait five years. Do you use the C word? You say corrupt? You say corrupt about Danny? No. Yeah. It sounded no. like you said uh, Danny might be corrupt, so I thought I heard I just don't want to get beat up again. <laughs> Danny bugged me. Yeah, I'm hearing... He put a bug in me. What I'm hearing right now, I'm hearing a grievance. You know what I mean? Oh, no. <laughs> One night only. <laughs> the grievance committee is back! Without Danny. Who will notarize? The notary. This is actually just a ceremony where paperwork will again be filled out. We want to be clear. Man, I got a big one. Signature. <laughs> Easy. Uh, let's clarify what you mean. It's a podcast. Uh, you know, none of, it probably didn't hurt that he's an FBI snitch, right? For all this uh, stuff he got away with. Okay. Uh, anyways, union official days are over. Moving on. So he starts a new business. 
<laughs> called Emerald Industrial Relations. Okay, sure, sure, like now, Ruby fucking. Now, for a fee, his consulting firm uh-huh. yeah. would offer protection to companies against union issues. <laughs> now, Dave, that's a funny... A plight. Also, supply problems and work stoppages. So, any sort of issue in that area. Kind of issues, I guess, if you were to try to put it into one category, sort of, you know, issues unions deal with. Yeah. Well, also issues that Danny would then create. Right. So, he he would create work stoppages or supply problems and then be like, hey, if you pay me... I'll figure out a way to fix this. If you pay me, the thing that I'm doing is going to stop. Yeah. Uh, He got a load of glass held up at a dock, and the company brought him $2,000 to get it released. Jesus. Companies thought it was easier to just pay the fee than to fight it. It is. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) Plus, if anyone gave Danny trouble, he had one of his guys blow up a car or a business as a warning. Jesus Christ. Yeah, he took it up a, a notch. With green fire. If the bombing got on the news, Danny would give his guy a bonus. But a bonus was a flogging. <laughs> <laughs> the news. Danny had a bar bombed because the bar owner was a union official who had opposed him. Jesus. Gotta do what you gotta do. I don't know. Cleveland police charged Danny with labor racketeering. Yeah, but it's only a second offense. Thank you. My God, I mean, how many times are we going to blame this poor guy? Yeah, Thank It's you. the world around him that has created this villainous. Right, he's just doing, he's just a he's guy He's reacting, working. for God's sake, he's a kid. Well, what is he, in his 40s? He's a fucking child. He does his baby green to me. He's, he's a widow baby. He doesn't know no better. But this is a great, this is a great example of how the, the government doesn't support small businessmen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> so Danny um, has his bar bomb. The police charge him with labor racketeering and violating his parole. And what about bombing? Um, is that on the list? Well, th- it doesn't matter because the judge threw out the charges and gave no explanation. <laughs> Uh, so you're free to go. Well, Danny, I think I speak for everyone when I say I'm really sorry. We should yeah. not have been so rude to you. Yeah, this was on us. Obviously. By the way, there's two judges. You know what? One. Hold on now. Officer, would you apologize to Danny for what you put him through? Uh, hi, Danny. I'm just so sorry. I don't know what Look we're at him. Thinking. In the eyes. I don't, know. I don't know what we're thinking. We're so stupid and All right. dumb. All right. Now suck his dick. It will be an honor. <laughs> That's it. That's a leprechaun right there, isn't it? You get the leprechaun going. It turns out that J. Edgar Hoover himself yeah, the, thought the, Danny was a good guy to have out on the street snitching. So well, J. Edgar Hoover man... was pulling the strings for the FBI. <laughs> this is like Dick Tracy. The Green... Okay, so... So in the 1960s, the garbage business started to become a money-making operation. Well, that's the business he's already been working in, to be fair. It's full of it. Anyway. 
Small waste-hauling firms were opening up all over. If there was money, the mob was involved. So the New York mob had taken over the garbage business in New York, and now the Cleveland mob wanted to take over the Cleveland garbage business. Okay. First, they, they had to infiltrate the Cleveland Solid Waste Trade Guild. I mean, what, like, what kind of mole are you sending in to Donnie Brasco, the waste people? Hey, yo, what can I say? I'm just excited to get involved with some of this solid waste. Well, it's nice to have you, Bob. Is it Bob? Yeah, 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 Bob regular, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just the, uh, my, my pa was a garbage guy, my grandpa was a garbage guy. Uh-huh. I'm a garbage guy, too. That's great. Yeah. We, we all love garbage here. We like oh, nobody loves it more than me. I'm regular, just like you guys. Okay. Yeah, 100%. Let's get to it. Bend over and pick up that pile of shit. What? Bend over. Make that noise. It's <laughs> a terrible noise. It's meant to intimidate you. So the good news is that Danny's five-year ban from the union business had just ended. Oh, thank God. He can finally get involved again. So the mob looked to Danny. He and his uh, main Bob guy, a bomb guy, Bob guy, he and his main bomb guy uh, got involved and uh, they brought in a friend of uh, Danny's named Mike Fratto. Okay. Danny and Mike were so close they named their sons after each other. Super weird. Yeah. Super, super weird. Uh, hey, I'm Danny. This is my son, Mike Fratto. And I'm Mike Fratto. This is my boy, Danny. This fall on CBS, we will be... Living in a duplex. <laughs> the show's called Two Names, Two Houses. It's already been canceled. Scamp. Mike was already making a million a year in the garbage business. So he's yeah. in politics? Danny explained the job. Quote, if others don't, don't join the guild, we will follow their trucks and take away their stops. We'll offer to pick up for less and take away their business at the cheapest price and knock them out of the box. There are a lot of ways we can do this, and then we'll split up the stops and give them to the guild members. Who's he representing again? He's, he's representing the mob. Right, okay, it feels like that. I just want to make sure he wasn't back on the union side because his No, he's is definitely up. not on the union no, side, so but he's... the union's taken over the guild. Right, okay, yeah. so... So garbage guys around town started having problems. A bomb went off uh, near one owner's home. A fire burned down uh, the office and three chucks of another. Garbage men started being beaten and shot at. Jesus Christ. Hey, garbage is fucking serious business. It's crazy. I got to get in the garbage business. I don't want to do anything crazy like be a garbage man. I think I may be a cop. So then Fratto, Mike Fratto, didn't like what was happening. Big Mike Fratto or yeah, Little Mike Fratto? Big, big Mike Fratto, not Little Mike Fratto. I guess Fratto. it'd be Mike Green. No. Mike Fratto Green. Anyway, keep going. Uh, he, so he, he quits and he starts his own organization, the Cuyahoga. See? Yeah, I know. I looked it up. There was a big controversy. Some people say it one way, and other people say it another way. So for sure, people are going to yell at me. The Cuyahoga County Refuse Haulers Association. That's the name of the one he started. What is it? 
The Cuyahoga County Refuse Haulers Association. Okay. They're, they're celebrating our pronunciation so much I can't hear. So then, obviously, Danny's upset about this because he's... Fratos created a alternative competitive garbage union. (laughs) Sort of. Oh, garbage union wars are the best. Yeah. That's a TLC show. So Danny (laughs) So Danny sends his bomb guy to blow up Mike. Wow. I mean, unbelievable. This is a real But the but the bomb guy had never blown up a guy. He'd only blown up cars and buildings. Well, this is a great opportunity for him to sort of expand his portfolio. That's right. I mean, I know we're we're having trouble finding a hero in this story, but I think it's maybe the advancement of this bomb guy's career. I also do people now. Just updated the resume, boys. Hey! Boz and boys. It says here on your resume, you blew up Mike Fratto. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah. Mike was sort of my gateway human. Um, oh, sorry. Are we talking about Big Mike Fratto or Little Mike Fratto? Big Mike Fratto. Oh! Little Mike Fratto's name's actually Green. Mike Fratto Green. Oh. Yeah, you're thinking of Danny Fratto. Yeah, Who's yeah, actually yeah. Danny Green Fratto. Okay. You know they got canceled. I did not. Yeah, no strong female presence. Yeah. <laughs> and not diverse enough. So what yeah. are you going to do? All right, I get it. Yeah. So the guy... Obviously nervous. He put he puts the bomb on. Hey man, try this jacket on. Oh shit, nothing. Oh, was that out loud? Fuck, shit. This is a jacket for you. Now shut up. So at this time you would you would be nearby and you would hit a remote. That's how you're. That's how all these bombs are going off. There's how are you guy. getting a bomb on him? Uh, well, they didn't put a bomb in a car. They didn't. Stick oh, okay. They're just bomb. Okay. Right. Hey, can you? Hey, you don't know yeah. me. Can you wear this jacket? When you say bomb a human, I'm like, like, because he's bombed humans in a bar, so he's bombed humans, but he's now no, no, just... no. He's only bombed empty uh, oh. places. This is so first... it's a murder step for yeah, him. Yeah, murder step. <laughs> Got it. Uh, so he puts a bomb on on Mike Fredo's car, and then he takes it off. Because he's freaked out, and then he calls Mike Fratto and tells him what's going on. Jesus Christ. So that's... Mike's like, I'm sorry, can you say that one more time? You're breathing really heavy into the phone. So I put the bomb in your car, but then I took the bomb off. I was going to kill you, man. I just wanted a bigger resume. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for almost what I did. <laughs> so now around the time, uh, cop uh, Ed Kovacic, who's one of the guys who went down to the beginning to right. talk to him... Uh, he just happened to call the bomb guy and started bluffing that they had a bunch of evidence against him for other bombings. Bomb guys are weak links. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the that's slow our, gazelle. That's our, our message today. Yeah. <laughs> that's where you go. Pick the bomb guy. So the guy just totally caved, and he went in and he gave a 40-page statement on Danny and other gangsters around Cleveland. He just fucking rolled. A little while later, Danny called the bomb guy and said he needed him to blow up Frado again. He's like, we're not done. You didn't finish the job. Uh, not again. For this the time first for time. real. For real yeah. to it. Dress so, rehearsal's over. So the bomb guy told his girlfriend, quote, I'm dead if I don't, and I'm dead if I do. Okay, cool, fun. So now, uh, so, so he knows where Frado's car is. Um, he calls... He's already told Fratto the deal, though. So now he's got to, like, rebomb yeah, yeah, him yeah. after confessing? Yeah, so he... It's going to be a tough sell. He calls... Feels like Mike's going to take a day or two off driving. Well, he calls in a bomb... He, the bomb guy calls in a bomb threat he calls to a building a... nearby. <laughs> what? He's gone rogue. 
Well, he wanted, he wanted a bunch of cops to be around. Okay, so that he couldn't... But he didn't do it right... He didn't do... The car wasn't right in front. It's a building nearby. Okay. So he, he's, he's going, crossing the street to put the bomb in the car, and he blows up. He... Jesus. So he did blow up a, pu- a person, finally. He, well, remember, it's a remote. Who's got the remote? Oh, no. We don't know. It just so happened to go, uh, though, happened to be, though, that a guy who gave a 40-page statement was crossing the road with a bomb, and the bomb blew up. That Danny asked him to carry. Well, <laughs> well, when you start doing maths, um, some, some people thought it was an accident. A lot of people think Danny pushed the remote. So anyway... I know what I think. So all these cops are also nearby, so the cops all come running. Uh, Frato's in an office nearby the whole time. It's a whole fucking shit show, right? Jesus. Now, at the same time, Shonda Burns starts hitting up Danny and introducing him to loan sharking and the numbers rackets, and he's getting Danny involved. And one of Danny's first assignments was to bomb the house of a numbers runner who was refusing to pay protection. Okay. So Danny drove to the house with a homemade explosive. Jesus. And he's a block away, and he's driving, and he pulls out the igniter, but the fuse is burning way faster than he expected. Wait, he lit the fuse before? So this is a cartoon bomb he has. <laughs> I, think you, I think you pull off a thing, and it, and it lights it. Yeah, so he's lit Still, it. Still, but a, you get actual... yourself in the ready... I mean, if you light a firework, you get in the ready position. If you have a bomb yeah, in your yeah, car, no, you're not he's... like, light that fuse. All right, how close are we? Let's figure this out. I like a clock myself. I like a little TikTok to keep me going. Who needs caffeine? I have a lit bomb in the car, and I'm two blocks away with traffic. Let's go. So he, he lights it, and it's going too fast, so he, goes to, he just goes to get rid of it and throw it out the window before he's at the guy's... Does he have multiple personalities? He can't be doing all this. He's good. He's got it. He, throw, he goes to throw it out the passenger window, but he misses. This is really not going well. And it well. hit the door frame and bounces back in. Okay, so... Right. Okay. So this is like Boris from Bullwinkle, essentially... Natasha. So Danny opens the door and jumps out of the car. He jumps out of the car. Has he made a good decision yet? And the car explodes. (laughs) But he just got up and walked away with just a a slight injury to his eardrum. Left him hard, hard of hearing in that ear for life. He would later say, quote, luck of the Irish. Yeah. His Irish is up, for sure. I can't tell you how lucky that whole thing was. Yeah. You know, when I hit that lip bomb in the car and got out and just lost my hearing in my right ear. What? God, God smiled upon me. He told the police that someone drove by and threw a bomb in his car. Yeah. Oh, Not as easy as it sounds, either. The guy somehow got it lit at the right time and threw it out the window, which, believe me, is no, no picnic. Uh tell you that. Not from experience, but yeah, the guy got it right through the window. Uh, Shouldn't have had it down. So around this time, Danny really started to embrace his Irish heritage. Mm, His Irish is way up. He'd always been proud of it, but now he was reading books on... He's been insane about it. Yeah. So now he's reading books on Celtic history. Mm. Especially... what? Fuck, I don't know. Like Why y'all my business? 
like 64, 65. Um, I, I, took out, I took out most of the dates because it was driving me crazy. It's like 70. It's like 70. 70. Um, good question, though. Congratulations. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, so we can picture the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack yep. for a lot of this now. So uh, he was especially into the legend of the ancient Celtic warrior. <laughs> Uh, it's probably going to be terrible. Celtic warriors were known to have uh, mastered the arts of clever speech and war. Okay. I don't believe he's m- mastered either, correct? Well, that's what he couldn't they, get no. a bomb out of the car. He, he thinks that's him to a T. He's like, yeah, I mastered clever speech and war a long time ago. Uh, and he had the same color hair as the warriors. Oh, so yeah, basically so he a... thought he was a, a Celtic warrior. No, he has the same so. color hair, so for sure. <laughs> what are the odds? You know what I mean? Yeah, he couldn't throw a bomb out an open window that he lit too early. This guy's ready. Thank you. It's time for the big leagues. Um, uh, remember, all this time he's working as an FBI informant. He insisted they use the code name Mr. Patrick. Mr. Is, Patrick? His favorite saint. <laughs> his favorite saint, Mr. Patrick. Saint Mr. Patrick. Uh, he was very into lifting weights and jogging. He's super into uh, uh, being athletic. He quit smoking and drinking. Mm. Uh, he Mr. Had Patrick, serious hair implants done. Okay. <laughs> he went went on a rigid diet of fish, vegetables, and vitamins. <clears throat> Solid smell for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's also a huge animal lover. He had two dogs, and he would put out food for. Birds and squirrels. <laughs> uh, now, see, don't do this. Now, now like there's him. a weird, like, little, yeah, little Leon from the professional quality where it's like, oh, no, I love you guys. You're the only one who understands me. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Birds are flying around him. <laughs> Hello, Sebastian. Come on down. Bark. There you are. Oh, there's Bobby the squirrel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little rat in his pocket. <laughs> Hello, Commissioner. On November 26, 1971, Danny was running with his dogs near his home Uh-oh. when a car pulled up. It was Mike Fratto in the passenger seat. Awkward. He yelled, quote, I got you now, you son of a bitch, and started shooting at Danny. Jesus. Danny did, did as he'd been trained in the army. He hit the ground, pulled his thirty-eight, and shot back. Why say anything? If you really want to kill... Like, fuck. What, it's like, how many movies I mean, do you have to watch? Jesus Christ, like, shut shoot up. the fucking Get the guy. job done, yep, shut the yep, fuck yep, up. Yep. I mean, shoot. I will, but after this impressive quip, he's behind the table. <laughs> this got, got complicated suddenly. A little while later, the car pulled into St. Luke's Hospital Emergency Room. The driver got out and just walked into the emergency room. Two cops asked him what had happened. He just said, I don't know, and he passed them. Is he shot? The cops looked in the car. Mike Fratto was shot in the forehead and dead. And he, okay, what is the, what's the driver's deal? He's in shock or he's just crazy or he works as an orderly? He... What in is the, he doing? In the hospital, the driver told the nurse there's someone bleeding out in that car. Someone got shot in the head and died. Do what you can. Uh, not much. He is absolutely dead, for sure. Did you look at him? I thought he quit blinking and breathing. Yeah, no, he died. 
All right, well. She asked the guy's name, and he said, quote, what the hell do you need my name for if there's someone bleeding in a car? And then he just left and walked out of the door. Go. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Confuse, make them the asshole. <laughs> Time is money. What do I got to tell you my life story? Get out of my way, lady. Well, I mean, he seemed to use a, in a rush, so I should just leave him be. So then he just kept walking. He was walking down the street, and the cops caught up to him. Oh, here we him. go again. More bullshit. What? <laughs> the fuck? You need my life story? Go tender my friend. He's the one with no brain. <laughs> Fix him. I'll be back at seven. So two days later, Danny turned himself in. The cops wanted to press charges, but a judge threw it out. Quote, it's only his third offense. <laughs> My God. I am sick and tired of good people being brought in front of me with these bullshit charges. He's a baby, for God's sake. He doesn't know no better. Mama's heart popped, Dada couldn't raise him, Grandpa worked the night shift. This boy's guilty of one thing, and that's being adorable. <laughs> Come sit on my knee while I do this, Danny. I want them all to watch this. He's a good little boy, isn't he? Yeah. Um, so the judge threw it out, and when he did, he said, quote, the evidence indicates that Mike Fratto was attempting to assassinate Danny Green in a struggle for control of the rubbish-hauling business. So it's like, yeah, Your Honor, we understand what happened. What do you think about it? Oh, right, that part. <laughs> I miss being a lawyer. So Danny was free. Uh, it was news. Uh, he was very good with the press at this point and was constantly being interviewed by TV and newspapers. Uh, this is a time when a lot of mafia guys would go in front of the press and, like, talk. <laughs> yeah, they still sort of do. <laughs> yeah, but they used to do it a lot more. Um, uh, there were assassination attempts that were never reported in the news. At what level are you considered an assassination attempt? I feel like this is a little high for him. I mean, he's just uh, a shithead. Like, isn't it just a murder attempt? On him, I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like, when we're saying assassin, like, if someone tries to, like, shoot a regular person, you're not like, he tried to assassinate that man. Well, you're like, right. that was an attempted murder. Is this dude at assassination level? Today, we'll be discussing that. Welcome to Word Talk. Yeah. We're going to talk about what words mean. Yeah. It's a fair question. Nancy said that once he was stabbed an inch away from his heart. His daughter said one time he came home through the back door, quote, he came crawling up the back, a bomb had gone off, and he'd crawled over the freeway, which happened to be just behind our house. He was singed head to toe. His eyebrows and eyelashes were burned off. That was dad. Mom cleaned him up. <laughs> Mom... Okay. First of all, the bombs he's using are for sure cartoons. <laughs> well, singe head to, how did mom clean it up? <laughs> oh, Danny, I'll get the eyebrows. <laughs> oh. 
So Danny left his wife, Nancy, in 1974, partly because Nancy was worried the girls would get hurt with all the assassination yeah. attempts. Yeah, no, the freeway crawls. Uh, he moved to an apartment in Collinwood. He felt very good because the street a block away was named Danny. So It's the little things when you're losing everything. That's right. He loved phones and had five installed in his house. What? For what? A telethon? What is five lines going to do? They were all green. Even worse. I mean, such a dumb decision. Which one's which? Well, I had to keep the Irish pride up. Okay, which one's which number, though? He would sit outside in a lawn chair and soak in the sun. He found a barber he liked nearby and went there even though the guy was Italian. (laughs) (laughs) He told the barber, quote, I hate those fucking Dagos. You're the one I like. (laughs) (laughs) Special kind of friendship. You know that barber was like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Danny was the Robin Hood of Collingwood. He was Robin Collingwood? The neighborhood loved him. He paid kids 10 bucks to run errands. When a woman's washing machine broke, he bought her a new one. He paid the four-year tuition at a girls' school for a local waitress. He'd buy people food if they couldn't afford it, and he'd pick up tabs at restaurants. On Easter, he'd give away hams. On Thanksgiving, he'd give away turkeys. So everyone just, he's the fucking Sure, yeah, he's Santa Thanksgiving. Uh, And there wasn't much trouble in Collinwood because criminals knew Danny was around. Jesus. When Hell's Angels showed up... Whoa, whoa, whoa! All righty. And were apparently threatening a local guy, Danny went over and knocked on the door. When they opened it... Of the Hell's Angel home? Hello, Hello, Hell's Angels. Whoever's home it was... Whoever's home there is staying at Hello, once. yes. Uh, when they opened it, Danny was standing there with three sticks of dynamite. <laughs> Don't make me kill myself on your property. <laughs> Hello, I'm a cartoon. Oh, no. It gets, he lit the fuse with a cigar. <laughs> like... He clearly been watching Clint Eastwood movies. Yeah, right. For sure. It's yeah, Clint Eastwood no, movie yeah. time. Oh, no, yeah. You're just like, yeah. You're watching like a Sunday afternoon matinee on TV. You're like, you know what? I got an idea. He'd just seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, other. right. Just yeah. seen it. <laughs> Lighting dynamite with a cigar. So he lights with a cigar, and then he says to him, "If anything happens to this man, I'll blow you up. I'll blow up your house, and I'll blow up any Hell's Angels I can find." Blowing up is such an elevated threat. Oh, my God. It's like, you're like, dude, I thought the worst case scenario was guns. It's like, no, I'll put dynamite on you. No, there is such a difference between pointing a gun at someone and just standing there with lit dynamite. Yeah, like Hell's Angels. Yeah, Hell's Angels, a gun. They're like, we'll fucking get the... It's the guy's like, I'll blow each one of you up. It's like, Jesus Christ, what? Leave the dude alone. Okay, sorry, man. Where are your eyebrows? (laughs) Just a hairless wonder with three lit sticks of dynamite. This isn't my first time. No shit. Oh my God. What is happening? Dynamite Kojak's on the porch. (laughs) 
He's still smoking. <laughs> I'm running errands today, boys. So then after he said that, he pulled the fuse and he threw it away and the, the blasting cap went off and then he stared at them and he walked away. <laughs> and they're like, you guys, we should go. Hey, right? we should we get should out go? of here. We actually... Are we, we doing that? Be... Are we going... Is that five we were going to do think... dinner? Let's do dinner at five. Let's, Hell's get, let's Angels... round everybody up and let's better... do dinner at five. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah, better at We'll Hell's do that Angels right now. Absolutely. Somewhere else. Yeah. I don't like it here. I don't like it here either. Irish either. people are fucking crazy. Oh, I mean, he seemed nice. I mean, besides being bald and flaming, that was fine. Uh, so Danny decided to open an after-hours club with Gamble. Good. I was just about to say, it's time for him to get in the nightclub business, yeah. for sure. <laughs> Seems like the right era. Uh, he went to Shonder uh, Burns, who got him $70,000. Great. Which mostly came from the Gambino uh, family in New York City. On the up and up, we all the know that. Gambino! Yeah. That'll be good. Yep, for sure. For some reason, Burns demanded that Danny use a specific guy to handle some stuff with the business. Hmm. Um, and he had the guy courier the money. So the guy is going to get the money from the Gambinos and bring it to, uh, to Danny. Okay. Now, the guy was a cocaine dealer. It's a bad start. So the guy took the money and bought Coke with it, hoping to sell it and turn it into a quick score. So well, normally that works out terrific yeah. for all parties involved. Yeah. So Th- this, is, this plan has never gone yeah. wrong. No, the key is you don't do the cocaine, which That's is right. easy for a cokehead who's yeah, got a yeah. bunch of it. Here's my business Coke and my Coke, and they will never combine. But what happened was, was that the cops had been investigating him for a while and they just happened to raid his apartment right when he had bought all the coke. Ah, oh, the worst time possible! So he threw all the coke out his fourth-story window. That's if you're walking by, that's when you just pull one of these... <laughs> Not illegal! Jesus Christ, the dogs in your neighborhood are fast. Yeah, <laughs> You can ride them. <laughs> ride them. We got dogs riding dogs. We got humans riding dogs. Dogs ride humans. Oh my God, that dog never shuts the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't go there. They got those cocaine doggies. <laughs> All right, so the problem here, obviously, is that now $70,000 is owed to the Gambino crime family. <laughs> well, do they mind sniffing a lawn? <laughs> so, so Burns goes to Danny, and he says, pay, pay, pay me back. <laughs> and Danny's like, I never got the money, and you, you made me hire the drug dealer as the courier. Well, that so was it's a not bad my idea. fault. Bad idea. And Burns says, you got to pay back, because the Gambino crime family is owed, and Danny says, quote, fuck him. Mm. Tell him it was a gift. No, not a good thing to say. Tell him it was a gift. Tell him it was a gift? Do you not know how the mob works? Just who say do that you, was a gift. And you don't normally tell the person who's saying that you owe them that that was yeah, a yeah. gift. Try it. Uh, hey, man, where's that $350 you owe me? Fuck you, it's a gift. What? No, you said you needed $350. You yeah, said you were really in need and you'd pay me back. It was a gift. No, hold it was on. clearly stipulated prior to that actually, that it was a loan and not for a long period of time. All right, actually, hold on. 
fuck you, it was a gift. No, it wasn't a gift. Stop saying it was a gift. Okay. I'm the one giving it. I'd right. say if it was a gift. It wasn't a gift. It was a loan. What did you say there? I was giving it, right? You mm. said I was the one giving yes, it. Yes, yes. Fuck you. Uh, it was a gift. Nah. Boom. It's called business. You're welcome. You're welcome, I know they got to negotiate. Happy I birthday. I am a tremendous negotiator. Yeah. I'm going to negotiate so amazing, you're not even going to believe it. I'm going to negotiate down the number of dead people on an island. To zero. Hey, math, you're fired. Facts, you're fired. Facts. Oh, sorry. Um, Danny, obviously Danny's like, this isn't happening. So not good. Burns puts out a hit on Danny for twenty-five thousand. Oh boy! Now everyone everyone wants in on it. Well, that's uh, not good. No. Uh, a group of local burglars made the first attempt. A group of local burglars? They yeah. have a they have a union. How you doing? With the bandit masks. Um, they put a bomb on Danny's car. We're looking to expand. <laughs> Danny was at a gas station when the attendant noticed something hanging under his car. Hey, you got a bomb underneath your car, mister. You want me to wash that? You want I should do the windows and remove the bomb? (laughs) The oil looks a little low. You could use more washer fluid and someone's trying to take your life. (laughs) I'll be 575. So Danny, take, Danny takes the bomb off, and then he calls up uh, the policeman, Ed uh, Kovacic. <laughs> now, Kosovich? Ah, fuck that. Uh, now, Ed had moved a couple blocks away from Danny, just coincidentally, and over a little bit of time, they had become sort of like friends. Like, they liked each other. It's like a movie. They liked each other, they respect sure. each other, but he still wants to put Danny in jail. Right. Um, so Danny asked Ed to come over to his apartment and he showed him the broken clothespin, which is what, I guess the two sides of the clothespin, the way it was supposed to work is once they touched, the bomb was supposed to go off. Just certain clothespins, not any ones. <laughs> any clothespin. No, you, no, no. If, clo- if the tips of a clothespin touch, boosh, it's a really, it's a really hazardous thing, but Crazy. Most, most, most people hang on clothes have gotten used to it. First, I'm hearing of it. So a clothespin, a battery, and a blasting cap. And Ed was like, where's, where's the explosives? And Danny said, quote, it's going back to the son of bitch that sent it to me. So wait, you call a cop over mid-retaliatory murder? Yeah. He tried to do that to me. That's why I called you. Anyway, I'll kill him. Good to see you. IPA? Actually, actually, now I'm wondering why I had you come over here. Yeah, why did I invite you? I shouldn't be telling you any of this. This seems like an extra unnecessary step. Hey, hold this battery and clothespin. So, Kovacic, or whatever the fuck his name is, said if Burns got blown up, he'd have to testify against Danny. And Danny said, quote, nobody's going to believe you. <sighs> Pretty confident gentleman. A few months later... 
A few months later, Danny was jogging in the exact same area he had been when uh, enough, Mike, Mike enough. took a shot Treadmill, at Treadmill, something. He likes working out. Jumping jacks, yeah, other stuff, burpees. He likes, it's near a beach. He liked it there. It was nice. <laughs> I wouldn't really feel comfortable walking past the place where I was assassinated almost. Oh, a lot of memories come back here. Where I play fetch with the dogs, where I almost got blown up. A lot of fun. A sniper was hidden in the bushes and started shooting at Danny. So what, like at what point you're, I mean, it's like you're the jerk. He hates cans! What is it with this area? What is it? I don't think Danny's bright as much as he is insanely stubborn. He's just stubborn, beyond words. He figured Danny, the, the sniper clearly figured Danny would hide or run away because that's what people do when a sniper's shooting sure. at him. What did, Danny did, pulled his revolver, started shooting at the sniper, sniper and charging straight at shoot, him. Dude, that is not, that is just so not in the sniper handbook. No, nobody like, teaches you're you just that. Like, oh shit, like in your scope, you're like, he is running right towards, oh my God, I gotta pack up a bunch of shit, I gotta break some stuff down, get this packed up, I gotta, I'll clean that in the car. Holy yeah. fuck, look at this guy. What is he, a horse? There's... There's not one point in sniper school where they teach you the guy might run at you screaming. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So the sniper just ran. Yeah. (laughs) Wow, he knows how it feels now. Yeah. He's being fist snipered. So Danny was certain this was the work of Burns. The more Burns tried to kill Danny and failed, the more Danny thought he was a Celtic warrior. So it's feeding into his... It's terrible. Terrible news. Also, he survived these two assassination attempts, so it's like at this point, you're like, it's true. Well, Right down to the hair. Drawing on the legend of the gods of the north, the Celtic warrior believed that through death he could achieve immortality. So the more they failed to kill Danny, the more audacious he became. But wait, isn't it if you get... Wait, what is it? Yeah, if he dies... If he dies. Immortality. Yeah, but he's not dying. Yeah, so I think he thinks that the less the less opport- the less times they try to He you know, literally now is like thinks he's invincible. Yeah, a little bit. In March, Burns was at Christie's Cabaret next to Yeah? All right. Christie's here tonight. Uh next to St. Malachi Church. Oh. Yeah, is that still there? Malachi, Malachi, Malachi's church. The church was packed as it was Holy Saturday. We all love a good Holy Saturday block. Yeah, we'll see you all there tomorrow. Uh, Burns came out wearing maroon pants and a white turtleneck and went over to his blue El Dorado. (laughs) What? Hi, I represent colors. (laughs) And it exploded. And it was a huge explosion. C4 was used. Burns was blown out the roof of the car. Terrible time to be named Burns. (laughs) What got old Burns? Burns? A friend of Burns tried to drag him away, but realized he was only dragging the top half of Burns. His legs were 50 feet away. Other parts had rained down around the church. A lot, 
a lot of him was on the chain link fence between the church and Christie's. So the cops wouldn't let the people in the church leave until all the pieces of the body were picked up. We're just looking for five fingers and then we'll open these doors, gang. We are five digits away from this nightmare being over. I'm so sorry. You guys keep playing bingo in there. Keep playing bingo. It's just, again, he went everywhere. He really, he is confetti. Man confetti, we're calling it. But we're sweeping up. Uh, We've got a little dirt devil. We're doing the whole, this is morbid. I'm more comfortable with it than you guys are. But uh, we will have him cleaned up in in no time. There's got to be something in the Bible about exploding people. No? Yeah. No? One, uh, One of the people in the church was a grammar school friend of Danny's. Small town. Sure. Uh, Burns had $843 on him that was fluttering all around the car. So the money survived. Yeah. The money is fine. The currency's fine. He's on the fence in little pieces. There are 50s floating in the air. Uh, The IRS came and claimed the money there. Hey, hold on a second here. Hey. Hey, what is that money? We heard there's been an explosion. That goes to us. We're building bridges. (laughs) So the cops started looking at uh, other number runners who might you know, be trying to you know, come in on his business. Sure, who could do this? His wife had no idea he, he had had a falling out with Danny and gave Burns Doberman to Danny because she knew he loved dogs. Boy, that must have been a weird exchange. He was like, thank you. That's everything? Yeah, so sad. Right. Yeah. Okay, dummy, uh, Linda, Bye. Uh, Danny figured that was it. Problem solved. But two months later... Two months? An explosion ripped through his apartment. Danny and his 17-year-old girlfriend were on the second floor. Pardon? Sorry, you put a little... A little sneaker in there. His 17-year-old girlfriend. Were, and he's at this point? Don't he's, tell me. He's in his 40s. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> Okay. Uh, he was, he was when, the, when it exploded, he was flung against the refrigerator, which he held onto and rode down like an elevator as the, <laughs> as the second. Dude. He freight fridged? Just like a grain elevator just going down? Ah! Um, both of them are okay, and they got Well, into a... I mean, to be fair, she survived the explosion, but she's not okay. No, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, they got into his car and just drove off. Sure, as one's ought to do, just hurry up. All he had was a broken rib. Um, when the police came, they found a second, more powerful bomb on Danny's back door that had not gone off. Because there was the guy from the gas station. Well, I noticed it right away. I said... It's your uh, problem. That's why your heat's not working. Y'all got a big bomb of C4 out back. I removed it, filled the washer fluid, 445. If that one had gone off, it might have wiped out the entire neighborhood. Oh, my God. It still did not turn Danny's neighbors against him because he was their Robin Hood. They rallied around him. The day after the bombing, he was back in a vacant lot not far away, he set up two trailers. One is a home. The other is an office. He posted a sign. Future home of the Celtic Club. Oh, no. Celtic. Yeah. Celtic, Celtic. Oh, People go either way. He, 
people want me to say Celtic or Celtic. People get really. It, I would be There's Celtic. a lot of people yeah, that want Celtic. Celtic. Yeah. I'm gonna get yelled at no matter what I do. No, Danny, warrior of the Celtics. Larry Bird, warrior of the Celtics. <laughs> he flew the Irish flag on a pole. A bunch of journalists and TV news reporters sure, yeah, came get him out there. and gathered around. Danny spoke directly to a camera. Quote, I have a message for those yellow maggots that includes the payers and the doers. The doers are the people who carried out the bombing. They have to be eliminated because the people who paid them can't afford to have them remain alive. Okay. And the payers are going to feel great heat from the FBI and local authorities. And let me be clear something else. I didn't run away from the explosion. Someone said they saw me running away. I walked away. <laughs> I'm lazy. The reporter seemed, uh, said it seemed like Danny had nine lives. Quote, I'm an Irish Catholic. I believe that the guy upstairs is pulling the strings, and you're not going to go until he says so. Wasn't my time yet. So it was... Uh, the Catholic God. Uh, yeah. No, actually, as he was walking away, there was only one set of footprints. <laughs> so after the newscast, Danny was approached by John Nardi. They'd known each other a while. John Nardi? Nardi's an Italian guy, local union official, and mafia associate. Okay. Nardi was also having trouble with the mafia. Okay. He said to Danny, quote, You got a good thing going here, pal, but your flank is wide open. Why don't we form a partnership? Your enemies are my enemies. Let's fight them together. So this actually happened. It wasn't just the movie scene. No, it was real. Nardi had contacts. There was no Irish mob, so Danny had to team up with a connected Italian guy. And You're the, two the of second them... Italian I like. And if you cut hair, it'll help me out tremendously. And the two of them went to war. Danny's Celtic club had a few Irish guys in it, an ex-cop, a jail official, a stagehand, a bar owner, a roofer, and also Danny Jr., who was a teenager. <laughs> okay. Danny gave them all names of famous Celtic warriors... And would quiz them on Irish history. <laughs> Sweet God. <laughs> Comfortable setting. <laughs> he gave them all green business cards and green uh, pens to hand out. Green pens to hand out? What are, what are you to doing? To people, the people who need Running pens. for leprechaun office? Hey, how you doing? I'm with the new Irish mob. Here's a pen. Oh, great. Uh, I don't support crime. Yep. Need a card? There's my card. Uh, you can see right there on the back. Uh, Irish mob. I can't guy. see anything. The ink's green. Okay. It's a stupid card. Keep it up. Keep what up? Just walking. Keep it up, buddy. Keep what up? What are you Italian? Yeah, I'm Italian. You're Italian guy. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Here, you want a sausage? Go fuck yourself. What? Why would you talk to a Celtic warrior like that? What are you talking about? You talked to me. You handed me a green pen and said it was from the mob. Yeah, Irish mob. Yeah, I don't care. We just started. We got a... We got a that's a trailer. We got a clubhouse. Got a cl- what are you, clubhouse, five? Clubhouse, trailer. 
So you have green five. pens at a clubhouse and you think you're a mob? That's how it works. You get uh, stationary and a, and a ha- place to hang out. There's a, do- there's a Doberman outside. We got a flag. This is like sad. Fuck you. We're warriors. See, I've been, intimidated, the- by, I've been intimidated by things that are coming out of a treehouse okay, more than Okay, listen. This. To become a Celtic warrior, I took the bo- both the written and oral test. And I passed. So you're talking to a fucking warrior right now. Let me ask you this. Did the oral test involve a penis? <laughs> Did it? You fucking Irish. Goodbye. That is a Celtic penis. So Danny's now a legend in Cleveland, basically. <laughs> Good shit, guys. But people also had this feeling that he was not going to last very long. Really? What was tipping them to that? I don't know. But that just increased his legend. Like, they know that he's going up against the mob, and he's... Right, no, they're like, he's going to die, it'll be amazing. A local teenage kid who was a Danny Green wannabe wrote a poem called The Ballad of Danny Green. Uh. <laughs> Fucking Irish. <laughs> Danny... Danny would check his car for a bomb before he got in it. Sometimes sure. he'd sit on the roof of the building next door with a high-powered rifle, rifle watching the Celtic Club. Sure, yeah, hanging he, out. He and Nardi decided to get in on the mafia-dominated vending machine business. It's all such little penny any bullshit. Yeah, like, no, the nickel and diming adds up if you yeah. have enough, you know? You, go, you guys want to get in on the pinball racket? Yeah. <laughs> First, Danny tried making threats, but it didn't work. A mafia lieutenant confronted Danny, and then soon after found a bomb in his car. In September, a mob guy was going to meet Danny, and he disappeared. He was found beaten to death in a day's in. Well, to be fair, I mean, six on this hand, half a dozen on the other. Beds are not comfy. That's actually uh, one of their packages. Yeah. Then on May 26, 1976, Cleveland Mafia godfather John Scalish died without leaving a clear successor. Word was he had tapped capo James Jack White Licavoli. I don't know. What? Let's just call him Jack White because it's easier. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Because uh, yeah, then I get the picture of Jack White and I don't yeah. have to hear about licking volleys. Danny and... So Danny and Nardi saw this as a chance to take over Cleveland, right? The old man's dead. Sure. But Cleveland was old-school mafia territory. It got, it's got some skim from Vegas and was one of the original six cities taken over by the mob. Nardi demanded a piece of the Akron rackets. Akron, Ohio? Akron. How far away is Akron? Akron. 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 It sounds like a robot processing Akron. How far away is Akron? Where is Akron? How far away is Akron? Point me to Akron. How far away is Akron? Where's Akron? And you're uh, LeBron James. He is from Akron. (laughs) Yes, he also from Akron. Akron. He built a school in Akron. So uh, the mob guy in charge of Akron, (laughs) Lips Moseri. Lips Moseri? Yeah, big lips. Hey, how you doing? Let's do this. Uh, did not like the demands, and the two men screamed at each other. And then Lips planned afterwards to take out Danny and Nardi. I'm going to kiss him to death. 
The mob was furious that Danny was even a problem. One was heard on FBI uh, tape, quote, that cocksucker, that fucking Irishman, how the hell did this guy ever come into the picture anyway? It's a great tape. Yep. In July 1976, Eugene the Animal Quisalo who led a group of enforcers who were known as the Young Turks, was hit by a bomb on his porch that was hidden in a flower pot. The animal's stomach and intestines were shredded by nails that had been put in the bomb. He lived, but he went, he went to Florida. <laughs> well, to uh, rehabilitate a facility where he could roam with the other animals and frolic in the yard. He's happy. Yeah. A couple of guys from the Celtic Club were stopped by police. They had a pistol, a shotgun, and maps with circles on it around the other three Young Turks' homes. <laughs> hey, what are you guys circling here? There's a lot of circles on these maps. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, that's where Cher lives. Really? Huh. <laughs> well, all righty. As you were, gentlemen. Enjoy the Cher tour. <laughs> Lips got a phone call at home. Quote, Leo, you're dead. His, his girlfriend was worried, but Lips said if someone was going to kill him, they would never call first. I think Lips is mistaken. Yeah. He disappeared two weeks later. Yeah. <clears throat> it's too obvious. I told you, Lips. <laughs> Where it was getting around the country, the 24 uh, Cosa Nostra families were not happy. This was a major embarrassment. And now Danny killed a made guy. Killing Burns was one thing, but he wasn't made because he was Jewish. Danny didn't understand how big the mob was and how Cleveland was tied into other cities. Now the U.S. mob had no choice but to kill Danny. They called in a hitman from California, Ray Ferrito. What's up? That's right. Let's shred him. He was offered 25% of gambling profits in Youngstown. uh, Youngstown? That was, come on, that was just fucking funny. <laughs> and Warren, to kill both Danny and Nardi, Ray brought in a second guy to do the legwork. What's Danny up? And, I'm legs. Danny and Nardi's daily activities were very uh, purposefully erratic, which made finding them and killing them hard. But everyone in town wanted to kill Danny and Nardi. <laughs> just leave. So before Ray was done negotiating, what, Danny and them? No, they think they're taking over. I would, but they're going to get, I mean, everybody's trying to kill them. They think they're taking over. <laughs> That's delusional. Okay. <laughs> Before Ray was done negotiating the deal, the hit deal, uh-huh. three other mob guys tried to kill Nardi. As he unlocked his car at the Brotherhood Club, they shot at him with a sniper rifle from a railroad bridge. They missed, and he drove away. Okay. <laughs> A few days later... I like to run at the assassins, the the old Danny Beach approach. A few days later, someone drove by Nardi as he walked on a sidewalk and shot at him uh, with a shotgun. Reporters asked if the new godfather was trying to kill him, and Nardi said he was friends with everybody. I'm friends with all these guys. Yeah, he's my buddies. He's just goofing. Two weeks later, Danny put a bomb in another mob guy's car, but he parked... But he parked his car in his neighbor's driveway, the mob guy. Okay. So when the neighbor hopped in the mob guy's oh, car no. to move it. Oh, boom. no. Oh, just to move it? Yeah. Oh, God. First guy to die. First civilian to die. So the bombings weren't just happening with Danny, Nardi, and the mob. 
the mob is having an internal war uh, to take over control of Cleveland. There were so many bombs going off, 37. Jesus. That the Cleveland, uh, Cleveland press reporter called it Bomb City, USA. Cool. The ATF tripled their manpower in the area. We're doing three guys. <laughs> On April 5th, 1977, a huge bomb went off in Collinwood. It was a mafia guy's car, but the body inside was not the mafia guy. Turned out to be a hell's angel who blew himself up while trying to put the bomb in the car. (laughs) He had been paid by Danny. This really pissed off the mob because they had a contract to work with the hell's angels. And now the Hell's Angels were frozen out of mob contracts for two years. I mean, I can't believe how corporate it is. <laughs> and this is the FEC. They deal with this, too. Uh... So mafia, uh, Cleveland Mafia leader Jack White needed more men. The previous leader had not made anyone in ages, and he asked the Godfather in New York for permission after hearing about Danny, the Godfather gave him permission to make ten new soldiers in Cleveland. Make ten. You can make ten new guys. You can make Larry, Knees, Jackson. That's it. The civilian mob, uh, sorry, the Cleveland mob, then worked an FBI secretary to get a list of informants. Oh, so this is the only time this has ever happened, I believe. Uh-huh. But basically this woman, uh, her husband or boyfriend worked with someone at a car lot who knew a mob guy and they started working her because there was some sort of lawsuit uh, against her and her husband and the mob's like, we can make that go away if you just get us a list of mob informants. Okay. So she fucking went into the FBI office and snuck into the fucking room and wrote down the names. Okay. Of all the guys, Danny Green was at the top of the list. Sure. <laughs> okay. Around this time, Danny and Nardi decided to buy a struggling Texas cattle ranch. Yeah. No, it's... I was going to say, when are they going to get involved in livestock? <laughs> How soon till then? We all saw it coming. The plan was to sell meat through a discount purchasing program for Obviously. union members. Yeah. No, for sure. No, they're going to make Okja burgers. It all makes sense. Uh, the ranch owner had to sell because he had been acquitted of selling explosives to Cuba, but the case had put him in debt. Sorry. So he can't keep his cattle because of explosives, and Danny, who lives in explosives, is, sinking, is getting him out of debt. Okay. Danny and Nardi thought this was their ticket out. Ticket out to what? Of the to, business. They're going to go be cattlemen they're, what, they're in gonna, Texas. They're ranchers? Danny bought Western wear, including green cowboy boots. So he's just like... And a green cowboy hat. (laughs) (laughs) So the plan was, through Nardi, the Gambino family would back it, and Danny would run it. They went to... Rolling, rolling, rolling... So they, they drove to the Cleveland airport and they got on a plane and went to New York and a hitman, a different one than Ray, found out that, and watched them park the car and then put a bomb in their car and then waited for them to come back from New York. And they were in a hotel 
And they saw Danny and Nardi return, and they sat in the hotel, and they pressed the remote button, but they were too far away to Oh, they're the out car. of the... Ra- <laughs> what? How do you not know the range? They're not walkie-talkies, and you're eight. <laughs> and then, as the car backed out and drove away, they're, like, running down the stairs. <laughs> Get back in range! Get back in range! And then out on the street, like, chasing them, trying to press Throw the button. Throw it at them! <laughs> Didn't work. On May 17, 1977, Nardi's car was parked behind the Teamster's office. He parked it in a different place every day, but the hitman had found it. As he unlocked his car, the car next to his exploded and blew his legs off. Jesus. People ran out to help. They were over Nardi, and he said, quote, It didn't hurt, and then he died. <laughs> what were his last words? I'm fine. I, it is great to have crazy last words. Yeah. <laughs> May as well. Mm-hmm. It didn't hurt. <laughs> like you just, if you, I mean, just, they were never attached. Wait, what? <laughs> I never had legs. They were fake the whole time. Uh, what? My nickname's No Legs Nardy. <laughs> After Danny held interviews with uh, TV and newspaper reporters, he told one quote, I have no axe to grind, but if somebody wants to come after me, I'm over here by the Celtic Club. They're coming after you. It's not hard to find me. So the mob was livid that he was being so brazen. Jesus. All the while, the hitman and his sidekick were driving around looking for Danny, but he was extremely elusive. Danny sent word to Jack White that he wanted a ceasefire, and the mob boss said Danny would have to kill his lieutenant, who had killed Lips. Okay. Danny wouldn't do it. And then the explosion expert who made the bomb that killed Nardi vanished. That's the mob cleaning up. Oh, okay. I thought you meant a no. spirit took him. That's what it sounded like. No! In September 1977, a mob wire guy got into Danny's home and his hangouts and tapped all of his phones. All five of the greenies? hard to know what's going on in here. All the wires are green. Danny's girlfriend called in an appointment for Danny to get a tooth fixed at the dentist. Oh, scandalous. Your boss, it's a mola. It's a back left mola. They finally knew where he was going to be and exactly what time. So the hitman and his sidekick drove to the dentist in two, two cars. One was a bomb car. Danny parked, grabbed his leather gym bag, uh, inside was a semiotic pistol, a clip of bullets, yeah. a list of car license plate numbers of mafia enemies. A dental bag. A box of green ink pens. Sure. <laughs> yeah. No, no, for sure. What you'd take to the dentist. And a mother of perpetual help holy card. Yep. For sure. <laughs> yeah, the usual stuff you take to a dental appointment. As usual, Danny had parked between two cars, so no car could pull out and pull in. Right? Okay. So as soon as he left, the car next day is pulled out, and they pulled the bomb car in. Okay, yeah. That is maybe a flaw to the plan. Well, these will never leave. But the other thing is, I would walk out, and I would look at that car wasn't parked next to him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's a lot of problems. I'd be like, I need more cars. I'm going to ride a bike. Thank you. So as he was getting in his car, uh, it blew up. The car next to him blew up. Um... The dentist was like, Dow! His left arm was blown eight feet away. His clothes were ripped off. His naked body was sucked under the car, his own car, by the force of the blast. Danny Green was 43. It was the 38th bombing in Cleveland in a year. Holy shit. 
I took out all the parts about pieces everywhere. The bomb took out other parts. <laughs> Nancy was told by her boss at work. Her daughters learned through the media. A strike force was put together with members of the FBI, Cleveland Police, and Justice Department. A cop's daughter happened to be in the parking lot at the time. She also happened to be a sketch artist. Oh, no. (laughs) Here they are. So when the bomb went off and she saw a guy calmly driving away, she's like, that's weird. So she sketched the guy's face down. And she showed it to law enforcement, and they were like, that's Ray. Wow. And they went and arrested Ray. In the visor of the car was the registration of the car that blew up Danny. So the way they connected the two cars was... Because that, the of little, that. The little sticker you put on your license plate. Uh-huh. So it has a number on it. Uh-huh. And a sequential number. So they had registered the cars back to back. So they were in sequential numbers so they could tie them together. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't know about that. That's right. We're the DMV. We're also not fucking around. Yeah. DMV, Saturdays on CBS. We have a DMV informant. We're not the DMV you fuck with. B38. You want some? You want a fucking license? I didn't think so. All right, rookie, you're parked uphill. You got a car in front of you, a car behind you. You're parallel. Which way are the wheels turning? Now. Do it! Close one eye and look at the screen, you son of a bitch. Read the third line. What's that say? You wear glasses? Class D. (laughs) It's going to be a wild day. No, we don't do driver's tests. We're a fucking satellite DMV. Get the fuck out of here. Good Lord. (laughs) We've got the FBI and the DMV involved in this one. CIA DMV, it goes all the way to the top. What's up, the FBI? You want to know something about cars? I got car knowledge. I'm from the DMV. We're kicking the FBI out of here. This is DMV territory. Once the investigators were able to connect the two cars, the mob put out a hit on Ray. Ray then flipped. He also flipped because the Cleveland mob was incredibly cheap. So the whole time he was looking for Danny, they refused to pay for his expenses. <laughs> or they kept saying, he kept giving them expense receipts, and they'd be like, yeah, yeah, we'll get you that money. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, we run a real tight ship in the accounting side of this. <laughs> yeah, you know how the mob is. We're meticulous with numbers because of, you know, write-offs. <laughs> he had also, Ray had also been promised a brand new car for killing Danny, but afterwards they told him to just keep the getaway car which was a used Ohio State Patrol car. Hey, new to you. (laughs) New to you. So he was furious and he flipped. Yeah. Uh, After he flipped, Jimmy the Weasel Fradiano The Weasel flipped? flipped? Yeah. Who could see that that coming? That was apparently a big flip once the Weasel flipped. Yeah, all right, I flipped too. 
Holy shit, you guys, we should have known his name was a fucking weasel. When have you ever heard about not being able to trust a weasel? The only two guys, only two guys were convicted for Danny's murder. Ali Cisternino, Ronald the Crab Carabia. Wow. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he but, tried uh, to get away on all fours. No, grab him. Just cuff him. This is ridiculous. But, I'm the crab. Ha-ha. You're not going to get the crab. Ow. Get your fucking hands off. Ow. Ah. Hey, all my legs. He's coming at you sideways, boys. Ha-ha. I didn't see that coming, did you? Aha, I blend in with this rock, don't I? Oh, he can see me pretty clearly. Um, but afterwards, others went down on RICO charges. More flipped. The Cleveland mob was done in five years. This eventually spread out across the nation as guys kept flipping on each other. Okay. An interim mob boss flipped. More and more flipped. 250 people were put into witness protection. Boy, they're like recognizing each other. Hey, Lou! <laughs> Oh, shit. No, my name's Stan now. I'm a DMV register. (laughs) Holy shit, look at you. The entire La Cosa Nostra was toast, and it all started with Danny Green's war and killing. (laughs) Now, Ed Kovacic... Kavasic, all right, we did. We came close. Uh, became the future police chief of Cleveland. Sure, sure. And he said, "Quote: If we could have arrested every FBI informant in Cleveland, there would have been no more crime in Cleveland, <laughs> because everybody was an FBI informant. It's just a flip fest. <laughs> That's it. That's the Danny Green story." Baby Greeny. He's a real nature versus nurture, huh? Yep. He was, uh... Chill. But he's like a... Is he, like, considered, like, a hero here? What is he? He's not? I, it's so sad to me, because they made a movie about this uh, called Killing the Irishman, but it wasn't a comedy, Right. Like, this is a fucking comedy. Like, I don't know who writes that movie and doesn't make it a comedy, but you blew it. Because it's a... F- like, put that in the Coen Brothers' hands. And yeah, it's truly. An amazing film. That's very true. But it's not... It's not a scary thing. It's... Yeah. Well, there's a little... It's just idiots There's a little too things. much bomb foolery going on. Well, the mob is usually really stupid. I mean, they're... But a bomb... Like, if 38 bombs go off in a year, like, you should be scared. But then you also have, like, so many misbombings. Yeah. It's like misconnections. You driving a gray Cadillac. (laughs) Me trying to end it. I went to the hotel to relax and watch you. As I was spying, you were out of range. In a couple of ways. What a town. (laughs) Uh, Thank you guys so much for coming out. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Godspeed. Godspeed.
Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there.